You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode... We'll be making something of a discovery in Fab Facts. We're on the trail of a lost treasure in the randomizer. And we wrap up our 2020 review, even though it's now 2021. Oh, how confusing, but that's all coming up in pod 134. You're very easily confused of the Jerry Anderson podcast. Rude. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. And a happy new year. Oh, there. We really made it. Didn't have to sing the whole thing to me, no. but um, no. yeah. I mean, that was six minutes well spent, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I thought you'd like it. Did you not? No, no, I, I loved it. I loved it. Happy new year, Richard yeah. James. Happy new year, Christelle. Oh. Happy new year, Podstrons. Welcome yes. to yes. the first Jerry Anson podcast of 2021. I know. What are we going to do? We're going to shake it up, do things different, get a few new ideas in, you know, just change it up a bit and do something. No. No, oh, do the really? same same as we always do. Really? Yeah. In fact, okay. as, as I read somewhere quite recently on a review, yeah, uh, we're going to continue with the same tired old format. <laughs> a review of this? <laughs> yeah, it was a review of this podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. Yeah, but the the review did end uh, something like "Thank goodness for the saving grace that is Chris Dale's randomizer." Yeah, absolutely. And it was left by uh, one Mister C. Dale. Dale, strange yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, that isn't. No wonder he's sitting over there cackling to himself. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, he's got his well iPad out. There, I think he's leaving some more reviews for other shows. What's it? Oh, he's leaving one for the Benji and Nick show. Oh, well, fair oh, enough. Crikey. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. One star. Yes. Now uh, you may be new to this podcast. Uh, since it's New Year, your New Year resolution may be uh, to listen to more podcasts. In case, in that case, welcome. Yeah. That person you're listening to with the other voice is mm-hmm. Richard N. James, star of Space Precinct, star of Stage and Screen, uh, novelist, raconteur, and Crikey. podcast host. Wow, and the person over there is uh, Jamie Anderson, that son of the legendary TV producer Jerry Anderson, but also producer, director, writer, bon viveur, and all-round good egg in his own right. <laughs> bon viveur, I, I like that. I might put that on <laughs> my business card next time. Uh, I get a yeah, print run do. done. That's right. Uh, and yes, you're listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast. We're here for the first one of the year, 2021, and uh, you're welcome to it. We're here for the next year and a half. <laughs> year and a half? Well, it might feel like it. We're, I know. <laughs> Yeah, it could be that long. Uh, it'll certainly feel that way. We're uh, here for the next hour and a half or so with all the usual tired old stuff. That's Chris Dale's amazing randomizer coming up a little later on. We've got some fab facts, of course. We've got some news, possibly some New Year news mm. from the Jerry Anderson universe because there's brand new stuff happening right now. Hmm. Yeah, And we've also got the second part of my look back over last year and the podcast fun that we had from July to December. Right. So basically, we're starting the new year yes. with the same tired old format, looking yes. at the stuff we did last year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. God, we know how to right? live, don't we? Brilliant. We really do. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. That's why we remain top of the game when it comes to podcasts about Jerry Anderson. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but sadly, not top of the charts. 
Uh, no, although, you know, we uh, climbing up. Yeah. I've noticed we've been climbing up in the Canadian yeah. charts recently. So <laughs> we. hello, Canadian listeners who enjoy Absolutely. TV review podcasts, because that's yes. the category in which we've been climbing. Okay, great. Um, Good. Yeah. I'll uh, take that. And can I just say, if you've not listened to First Action Bureau, which is our oh. full cast audio drama podcast, series one, 10 by 10 minute episodes, all available completely for free via the podcast app you're listening to us on right now. Yeah. Even if it's YouTube. Yeah. Uh, although there are annoying adverts which I can't seem to get rid of so just yeah. listen to it on a podcast app please go listen to that because series 2 is coming very soon in fact we've been working very hard on that over the Christmas break Ooh. Uh, Nick Briggs and I and I also I should add as well my co-writer on that Nick Briggs who yep. uh, is, is currently as we speak in fact as we record this particular podcast he's working with Christopher Eccleston on the Ninth Doctor Adventures fantastic Chris Eccleston described Nicholas Briggs as a truly excellent writer. Yeah, well, he should know. There you go. Well, he's performing yeah. Nick's script right now. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, yeah. yeah, well, what can we Great. say? So, yes, if you would like to hear First Action Bureau written by a truly excellent writer and me, oh. then please go and do that. It's a nice New Year's treat to yourself, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. It'll prime you well for Series 2, which will be coming later this year. Oh, how exciting. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of exciting... Yes, Let's bring things down a bit Oh, <laughs> and go straight into this week's Fab Facts. Oh, that's torn it. Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. Richard James, last yes. week I know how much you enjoyed Chris Dale providing the Fab Facts. I did, that so was great. this Best week I'm going back to the usual format of a book of Fab Facts. I'll oh. flick through the book, you shout Fab at a random point, I stop flicking there and I read out Fab Fact from that page. Are you ready? All right then. <laughs> Here we go. Fab! <laughs> oh! Huh? What? Ah, yes. lovely. Now, we've had mm, mentions of other franchises before, shall we say, in previous of fan course. facts. Yeah. And I think we may even have mentioned this one. It's a little tiny, little known sci fi franchise called Star Trek. Well, right, You've yes. You've heard of that one, have you? Oh, just a bit, yeah. But I'm sure I remember some years ago, you and me and uh, Lee Sullivan were at a convention in um, Clandidno. Yes. And uh, and Lee was showing off his Star Trek communicator app, app. on his phone. Yeah, flipping it That's open. Right. And, yes. and you and he were really nerding out oh, about that. I was very jealous of that. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, everyone's jealous of Lee Sullivan. Now, oh, yeah. one of its most recent incarnations, in fact, a current incarnation, is Star Trek Discovery. Yes. The design of the title vehicle, the USS Discovery, was inspired by some Ralph McQuarrie artwork for a 1970s Star Trek movie project titled... Planet of the Titans. Oh, yeah, okay. Nothing to do with Stingray. Mm. This was one of the first attempts to revive Star Trek after the original television series had been cancelled back in 1969. And the Macquarie artwork in question shows a redesigned Enterprise that looks very similar to Discovery. Yeah. A circular yeah. forward section mounted on a sort of triangular lower hull with engine yeah. attachments on the sides. Mm -hmm. So what's the Anderson connection? I can hear you asking you, slash moaning. Is the Anderson connection? Thank you very much. Well, the final. There's one. No. Oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's this week's gag fact. No, 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 no. Uh, well, the Fireball XL5 episode, Invasion Earth, yeah, featured an alien spacecraft which looks very similar to the Discovery. Oh. And the Planet of the Titans Enterprise. It was a circular forward section mounted on a triangular oh, lower hull with engine attachments on the side. Now, yeah. it could be a massive coincidence mm. 
The Macquarie redesign had to stick to the same basic shape as the original Enterprise, to be fair, until you realise that a certain Anderson alumnus was attached to the project's model team, a Mr. Derek Meddings. Oh, really? So it's just possible that Derek had some input on that new design and maybe even drew it based on his memory of the Fireball XL5 alien ship design. Mm -hmm. Possibly. So, although Planet of the Titans never made it to the screen, that version of the Enterprise was built into a pair of study models, which are models given to, uh, built to give a rough idea of how design might look in 3D. Ah, yeah. And both actually eventually ended up on screen in Star Trek Productions. Ah, one is in the Earth space dock in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Uh, right. And the other turns up in a junkyard in the Next Generation episode, Unification Part One. Uh-huh. Who is suspected of building those two models? That's is right. It, is it Derek Meddings? It's Derek oh, Meddings. Really? Yes. Really. So Derek's influence pops up all over the place. Yeah. And here, although you know, there's a little bit of conjecture about this. Sure. I think it's fairly likely that Derek indirectly is responsible for the design of the Discovery in Star Trek Discovery. How's that? Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. I think we can claim that one, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, email yeah. CBS immediately and put in a, put in a, a lawsuit. Cease and desist yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that'll go down well. Yeah. No, obviously, I'd never dream such a thing if yeah. anybody from CBS is listening. Yeah, yeah. No, it's lovely that that might have some, some Derek Meddings and therefore Anderson heritage. Yeah, that's great. Very nice. Hmm. Well... I think on that sort of uh, XL5 alien ship-shaped bombshell, Mm -hmm. we can bring to a close this week's... XL5 alien ship-shaped bombshell fact! (laughs) Come on, you'd enjoy it Oh, I was going to go for discovery fact, but I'm very happy for you to stick with that one that you just said. (laughs) Uh, There you go. Thanks. Yeah, no, I like that. Well done. That's great. All these influences, they're amazing, aren't they? You can sort they're like a family tree. You can trace them back, can't you, to one person. And it's generally someone who is involved in a Jerry Anderson production somewhere along the line. Yeah, their fingerprints are everywhere. Yes. Unavoidable. Yeah, exactly. Now, talking of being unavoidable, I wonder if you've been on Facebook recently. And if you have, I wonder if you're a member of our Podstron community on our Podstron group. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Podstrons, where, well, let's just say they've been posting their own news items. Tom Hodden asks for the latest news from the Jerry Anderson universe. He himself suggested Koenig announces glittery star not hospitable after encountering terrifying entity that rules over the toy community. He also suggests The Hood to host daytime chat show. CJ List suggested <laughs> Dumbledrop accused of luring children to his garden with toffees, then scaring them half to death with his robotic creations. Neil Hemingway suggested Parker stuck in the loo and had to be rescued by Scott, to which Paul Hyder replied, was he going for a Lady P? Oh. And finally, Emma Nichols, Demeter City Police Force is said to be Christmas number one with their version of Last Christmas. Captain Podley is unlikely to comment. Thank you very much for all those. There'll be some more real Jerry Anderson news very shortly, I'm sure. But in the meantime, do get in touch with us at podcast.jerryanderson.co.uk because I'll be reading out some emails a little later on and hashtag us over on Twitter, hashtag Jerry Anderson Podcast. You can tag me, Richard N. James, him, I'm Jamie Anderson, or him over there still scrolling through his iPad leaving reviews. Look, Chris Dalek. Yeah, what's he doing? Oh, oh, he's leaving a five star on the Jerry Anson Randomizer podcast. Oh, is he? Yes. Funny that. Of course he is. Yeah. 
Fine. Nice work, Chris. Anyway, look, while he's doing that, shall we yeah. actually have some Jerry Anderson news? Let's have some real Jerry Anderson news. No, all right, real Jerry Anderson news it is. Well, as you might imagine, Richard James. Yes. Seeing as we're having some newsy news, news, news. Yes. And it's the first podcast of the year. Yes. Well, um, yes. There's, there's not actually very much. Oh. Uh, you know, we've been off for Christmas and stuff, and it's the years, and you just started yeah. up. Fair enough. However, there is a New Year's sale going on right now on the Jerry Anderson uh. store. So go and pick up some goodies. We're making room for some rather cool stuff. Yeah. I may have mentioned last week some rather interesting cosplay items. Yes, you did, yes. And um, a certain early Supermarination show's 60th anniversary is coming up later this month. Okay. I think there might be something coming up from that, but it'll be very limited edition. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there'll be some other bits of news coming quite soon. And uh, yeah. I'm almost definite that yeah. you'll be highly... Mm-hmm pleased uh, about that yeah, news we're highly pleased yeah right right yeah, right, yeah. anyway okay. uh, and don't forget richard you've written you in your I, diary haven't I, you I'm that just date that. i don't know why i wrote that now i'm trying to think i've just got the date 505 yeah and oh, at, 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 at 505 why did yeah. i write that last week i yeah. don't know weird That's strange anyway. yeah okay yeah. uh so yes that's about it really if uh right. <laughs> if you if you don't mind us having a particularly short one yeah. um there's new Jerry Anson stuff happening right now, and we hope now that commissioning will start returning to normal and TV production will start to recover from um, from all things 2020. Yeah. So lots more Jerry Anson news to look forward to in 2021. But until next week at the very least, that's the end of this week's Jerry Anson News. That was the news. Very little news. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yeah. to be fair, but you know. It's a light time of year, isn't it? Oh, it really is. Come on. Yeah, that's right. Everyone needs a break. Of course they do. Exactly. Now, you at home. Yes, you. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? No? We'll do it now. Just go to your platform of choice and subscribe to the Jerry Anderson podcast so you can be sure that you hear each new episode as it descends every week. Oh, nice. Also, of course, you can leave us a nice review and a rating to let the world know what you think of us and even copy the link and share it on all your social media profiles so all your friends get to hear us too. Now, people have been hashtagging us over on Twitter, hashtag Jerry Anderson Podcast. For example, James Pilson Wood. In fact, he tweeted me personally and said, odd middle of the night question. When playing Orin, did you know when delivering the lines that they were going to dub them? Curious to know as to whether you put on a voice for him or didn't need to. To which I replied, well, that's a good question, James. I knew after a few weeks, but felt I had a professional duty to act the scenes and present the character as I saw him anyway. I could never give half a performance. Yeah. And if anyone's ever seen me act, you'll know exactly what I mean by that. Now, we also have a tweet here that's just this very moment coming, and this is from Enns Myth. Now, Enns Myth says, uh, come on, Jamie Anderson, let's have the toilet brush in the store for 2021. Plus, I'm still waiting for my Thunderbirds wheelie bin stickers to come on sale. Sort him out, Richard James. Oh, yes. <laughs> toilet brush <laughs> and bin stickers. Good that, ideas. Uh, in response to our uh, tweet from earlier, or well, end of last year. That's right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Carl says, uh, hearing Torchy the Battery Boy at 4.38 in the morning in this week's randomizer means either it's going to be a long day or, being more positive, my day can't get any worse. Uh, Jeff tweeted, just found a documentary filmed in Super Marination on Amazon Prime. How did I not know about this? 
Let's see what it's like then. Well, I don't know, Jeff. How didn't you know about that? Because we talk about it quite often here on the podcast. And yeah. finally, Phil tweeted and says, Is it Monday yet? I can't wait for the next Jerry Anderson podcast. Well, yes, Phil, it is. Oh, yeah, it is right now. It actually is. Yes, which is why we're doing this podcast, I suppose. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, I'm glad people are still uh, getting in touch over the Christmas break. Yeah. Now, Richard, last week... Yeah. We did... Well, I say we. You did... Yeah, you had a, very little to do with it. A, right. A review of the first half of 2020. Which I'm calling a reviewsy views, views, views. Brilliant. I would expect nothing less. So I assume then that this week the reviewsy views, 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 views is yeah. part 2D twos, 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 is it? Well, in an exciting change to the format, yes. <laughs> Excellent. So this has got all the best things from the second half of 2020. A nice yep. little look back across everything from the podcast. Is that right? Here we go. Great. Yeah. Let's do it. Now. All right. Now. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. As we embark on a whole new year, I've been remembering the last 12 months here on the Jerry Anderson Podcast. This week, I'm taking a look at the second half of 2020. July saw a two-part interview with author M.G. Harris, who gave us the lowdown on writing and funding Gemini Force One. Who was it? Was it Phil Ford? Someone had talked to you, and I think it was Phil Ford, about about crowdfunding. I think I met Gosh. him later. It's either the guy who wrote Captain Scarlet. Yeah, wrote New yeah. Scarlet. Yeah, 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 it yeah, may yeah. have been Phil. I can't. Yeah, no, no, no. Phil told me this, one of the, the cons, the one of Amber cons, and he said... I'm the one who told Jamie about getting finance from Kickstarter. There you go. Well, I'd forgotten. So thank you, Phil Ford. Yeah. So you told Robert and then we, so we decided to do it as a Kickstarter. But then, of course, when the Kickstarter did so well, then the publishers were interested. Yes, as is always the way, because they don't want to take a risk. Exactly. And then the publisher like, well, let's look at that again. Maybe a bit hasty. Let's look at that again. And then, and then they were like, okay, but we want this to be a children's book. So then I had to go back and rewrite, <laughs> rewrite it. I'd written about 30,000 words by then. So I had to go back and rewrite it all mm. from Benedict's point of view, which I remember saying, that's going to be hard because he's not actually the guy doing the action. So you're going to he's be- He's not there a lot of the time. He's not, he's not there. He's just maybe watching. And they said, yeah, well, he, he has to be the viewpoint character. So, so now you've got the first three chapters, which originally were written from the point of view of Addison, who's right in the middle of the action. And now they're written from Benedict's point of view. So he's not in the plane. He's not um he's not the rest he's the rescuer now, or one of them. Anyway, yeah. I, I really like writing kids' books, you know. Also this month, Chris Dale was on a rescue mission as he watched the Space Precinct episode Flash. Gordon! Are you okay? Oh, hello everyone. Uh, sorry, no time for a proper introduction today. Uh, we've actually already made the selection for today. It is Space Precinct, but we've just lost contact with Thunderbird 4, so it was all a bit tense here at the moment. Gordon, are you okay? Just about, Virgil. Oh, whew. well, that is a relief. Uh, isn't that a relief, Prince Voltan? Gordon's alive! He absolutely is. And with that awkward but very necessary transition, here's Flash. Uh... Yes! So welcome to the earliest Space Precinct episode we have yet covered on the Randomizer, Flash. This was, I believe, the fourth episode made, and um, for whatever reason, it was very often shown quite near the end of the run, like almost... Jones? 
you know, almost the last episode before the two-parters, in fact. Trent? <laughs> All the greats. I suspect it may have been partly due to um, perhaps issues with the uh, the content of the story. I know. Um, Brother, we're close. I suspect that's one of the reasons Illegal was shoved so far back in the BBC run is because they had to reshoot the uh, the uh, replacement scene. You know, where Haldane is ramming the uh, um, metal coat hanger into the the junction box. This one, I think, again, similar sort of thing could have been behind you know, pushing it to the end of the run, but I think. The fact that it's just a bit rubbish sounds really dangerous. Is uh, is probably at the heart of it, anyway. A bit rubbish. Fair enough. In Pod 112, we started teasing our listeners about a future project. Whatever could it be? Go on, Richard. What is it? It's newsy, news, news, news. And this week, some particularly fab news. Is what it? Say? Well, I don't know. Is it? I don't you know. might say that. Why would no. you say that? Well, I don't know. I just thought you might. Is that because is that because yeah. you were involved in something special? Uh, yeah, I was involved with something special. Yes, but you know, I can't say too much about it. No, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, all mm-hmm. I can say, Richard, is yeah, nothing is true. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, you okay. know, you know what that's about. Yes. Oh, yes. Let's uh, let's leave that there and move on, shall we? Yeah. I mean, I just say, Postron, what you've heard there—that complete nonsense that you've just heard there—is, in its own way completely exclusive news about something yeah it's not very specific but it's exclusive it, yeah exactly <laughs> that's all we can offer uh, here yeah. on Jones podcast there you go the same month we welcomed astronomer brian cox and his infinite monkey co-host robin Ince, as brian shared with us his first anderson memories can i just wind you both back though to your earliest anderson memories it's just something that I always like to find to kind of set the tone for your expectations of Anderson Entertainment to go forward. Some people, their first thing is Space 1999. But what for you, roughly, when and what was it? I think it might have been Space 1999 because I remember watching it at the time. Cause it was 1975, wasn't it? Was it 75? It was first broken. Mm. So I was seven yep. years old. I'm tempted to say Thunderbirds, but I suspect Thunderbirds I must have seen as a repeat, obviously, because that was first broadcast. Yeah, when was it? that was sixty-five yeah, so, first, but I mean, it was it was out every couple yeah. of years so on repeat for it was over a decade. Space Night Night Nine or, or, or Thunderbirds, and um, again, actually, again, coming back to I said Space Night Night Nine, but coming back to Thunderbirds, it as everyone who listens to this will know, it does stand up. It's a very different kind of standing up, of course, isn't it? Because it's yeah. quite it looks retro, but it stands up. And I I think for me the thing I remember also is owning the toys which many people of my generation will do you know i had a thunderbird 2 i cannot remember i've still got it right the engines have fallen off so it's not got the two i think everyone's (laughs) engines fell off but i've got the green one and the blue one so i think the blue one was newer wasn't it i think the green one was the first one same with the eight with the eagle Uh, yeah i've got i've got a green eagle which was the one with the transporter you know that with the white transporter section in and then I've got a white eagle, which is the one with the nuclear, the, the red winch things with the nuclear waste things on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I always used to take the white thing <laughs> off the green eagle and put it on the white eagle uh, because it looks better. I don't know why they did it in green. <laughs> in August's pod 114, we went all musical as we asked our listeners to send in their versions of famous Jerry Anderson themes. And we learned that the love of all things Anderson has also infiltrated the animal kingdom. Hello, 
off now. Showing off now. <laughs> he is. Oh, oh he is showing fe- off. The features about me and the uh, introductory <laughs> music is played by my son, who I produced. Welcome to the Richard James podcast. Yeah, with you, with Richard James. Richard James. <laughs> and, and that's it. And, no, no, no. And, no, and supporting just, listen, cast. No, no, Jamie, it's not all about me. That was just a gentle reminder to our lovely listeners to send in their attempts at any Jerry Anderson theme tune with any instrument that they might have to have happen to have lying around and post it into us and we'll play it out. That's all. That's all it was. All right? All right, fine. Happy? Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, Richard James. Yeah, Jamie I've Anderson. got something pretty special for you. I think I could see it from here. Mm. Oh, not that. No. Yes. Well, mm. as you may well know, um, I live on a, a farm in Wales. Yes. And um, we've got a number of chickens here. Right. And I have a very musically talented cockerel, would you believe? I beg your pardon. Is yeah. this the beginning of a joke? Uh, it is no joke, Richard, I can assure you. Okay. So here, performing exclusively for the very first time on the podcast, is my cockerel doing the theme from Stingray. Stand by for action. So, what do you think to that? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, let's. Um, I'm going. That's it. We'll stop now. We can't. We can't top that. That we best have thing peaked. ever. Oh yeah, we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> Chick Ray. <laughs> We love it when our podstrons get in touch, and every week I try and read out as many tweets as I can. Don't forget, you just have to hashtag us, Jerry Anderson Podcast, like these lovely people. And very quickly on uh, Twitter, Phil Joyce says, as Tina Turner once sang, you're all simply the best. This is after your lovely tweet over the weekend, uh, a couple of weekends ago, Jamie, praising the whole of the team behind uh, Jerry Anderson, the YouTube channels and the website design and the Twitter and Facebook pages and the podstrons and the uh, podcast and all that. And Phil Joyce says, always felt valued when dealing with the Jerry Anderson store and team, outstanding website, shop and podcast. So thank you. That's very nice. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Captain Kangamaroon says the best part of waking up on Monday is knowing I have a new pod waiting for me to enjoy. And Becca, finally for now, says big virtual hugs, handshakes and rounds of applause to you all. Thank you so much for working so hard to provide quality content, outstanding service and for putting up with us crazy podstrons too. Well, (laughs) Becca, it's our pleasure. Thank you very much. How lovely. Those are our raisons d'etre. Exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) Unaccountably, one of people's favourite items in each podcast is Fab Facts. Can't see it myself. But anyway, in August's pod 115, Jamie got all bubbly. So, uh, Rich James, as Mm. you will know from shows like, well, certainly Supercar and Thunderbirds and definitely, definitely, definitely Stingray, Mm. but also probably for Scarlet and beyond, even Joe 90 and Secret Service, there are lots of underwater scenes. Yes, they present a particular problem because actually putting stuff in water, well, that's a bit difficult. So one of the great uh, bits of evolution of the supermarination era was to work out how to film them without getting everything wet. And that was by shooting them through a fish tank. Yeah. So for the most part, puppets and models actually only got wet if it was on the surface of the water, either coming, sort of going in or coming out or just yeah. floating. Mm-hmm. But all the iconic stuff of that supermarination era was done through a fish tank. The most iconic image, I think, of those early attempts at doing this underwater filming 
is a fantastic shot of Stingray emerging from the ocean door with a huge burst of bubbles coming out from behind it. Yes, yes. I know the so one. So if the bubbles are behind, and I think there's some in front too, then surely Stingray must have been underwater. Certainly mm. we get this question a lot. How mm. did they do that shot? But mm. amazingly, no. Stingray was not in the water. Mm. Instead, that shot was achieved much in the same way as any other shot of Stingray underwater, by flying the model on wires, wires through the ocean door with an aquarium in front of the set. Yep. But inside that aquarium is a matte painting of a rock face that takes up uh, much of the right-hand side of the shot. You with me? Got you. And at the point where the edge of the painting lines up with the right of the ocean door is a tiny, tiny little air nozzle painted in the same colour as the edge of the ocean door. Aha. It is that nozzle ah. that is producing bubbles, but the moment happens so fast and the whole thing has been set up so accurately and skillfully that your brain is fooled into thinking that they are coming out of the ocean door. Yeah, nice. Very good. So Stingray, as you know, currently is only available in standard definition. Mm -hmm. Those DVDs uh, were released 20 years ago and the quality of the transfer isn't particularly marvellous, so it's pretty tough to see how that effect was achieved. It was, in fact, perfectly hidden on original transmission in the standard yeah. uh, definition version. But if you can't quite work out how all this lines up, even looking at those standard definition ones, just look at the top right of frame. And just after Stingray leaves the ocean door, you should be able to spot a little fish swim behind the matte painting. Aha, uh -huh, right, okay. That, so that gives it away. And then if, yes. from there, if you follow it down, just take the edge down all the way of the painting, back down to the airline, you'll see it just by the ocean door there. Okay, very clever. It is a fantastic bit of effects work. So clever, so yep. beautifully done. Yes. Massive credit to Derek Meddings and the, uh, the effects team of Century 21 because it is incredibly effective. Don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I have a special way of making bubbles in the bath, actually, but... I'm, I'm... <laughs> I won't. Uh, oh, no. I, mean, I won't, I won't go please, to that now. No, please. not now. No. Okay, I'll leave that. Fine. No, it, it was all going so. so I'm so well. sorry. Yeah. Were there any underwater scenes in Space Precinct? No, we didn't do underwater scenes in Space Precinct. Why no. not? No, the closest we got was Charlotte seeing "Take That" in the water tank at Pinewood. <laughs> yes. Oh yes, very famous uh, happening during the same time. That's right. Yeah, it seems a bit weird that there were no no water-based I mean, episodes. Yeah, no, I should imagine that would be proved too costly and uh, worrisome, wouldn't it? Really, I don't know how you'd do that. Oh, maybe I just yeah. would have thought on Altor you'd have maybe a race that lived. Underwater, and you yeah. had all the docks and stuff. Sure, that's true. So, yeah, you think maybe in the future, maybe for a, a future season of Space mm. Precinct, Richard. You never and know. Maybe that we're all waiting for. Yeah. That could <laughs> anyway, that's not going to happen quite yet, but I think we are at the very end of this week's bubble fact. At the end of the same podcast, we learned why not everyone listens to the very end, and just what Jamie keeps in his office. If you could have one thing from my office, Richard James. Yes. Other than Ernie the dog. Oh. Or me. Yeah. Uh, what would it be? I think it would be, uh, is it uh, Davros in the Captain Scarlet hat? Oh, you want the Davros head? Yeah. The Genesis Davros head. Yeah, yeah. it's quite yeah. a good one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course I would, yeah. yeah Definitely. Okay. Yeah, I'd put it beside me on my pillow as <laughs> I went to bed each night. <laughs> Poor Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, I was hoping that uh, he would say something Jerry Anderson related. Oh, but, oh uh, I see. Of course, because it's the Jerry Anderson podcast. No, actually, do you know there. what? 
do you know what I'd really like? And Go I on. cast my eyes over it with envy every time I come round. It's the big eagle on your oh, flag. Oh, yes. The Space 1999 yeah. eagle. It's beautiful. Yes. Actually, That's... it shows how long it's been since you've been over because it's moved to the other side of the room now. But yes, it is. 44-inch <laughs> lovely eagle. Gosh, yes. it's a stunner. Yeah. It'd have to oh, be that. I'm just looking at it now. All right. Don't rub and it I in. Think, I think I might go and give it a little stroke. And all right. Well, clean. I'm going to have another cream tea. So. Oh, all right. Yeah. Who's the winner mm. now? <sighs> well, I'm just depressed now. Okay, bye. Bye. As sure as August followed July, so September followed August, and Pod 117 saw Mark Woolard remembering working with Jerry over three decades. It's easy to kind of, you know, joke about it and, and take the mickey out of the kind of the, the culture there, but it sounds like, and Steve Beggars told me this multiple times, that that it was a really kind of free, creative, fun environment. Is that, can you attest to that? Absolutely, no. I mean, the fun we had after work was because we wanted to hang around after work because we were having fun. It was emergent from what we were doing. And we would go in the bar, and half the time, Steve would be doodling in the, on the, uh, the bar about something he was designing or in you know the spilt beer. And we'd be talking about stuff we'd done, stuff we'd seen. It would be a place where we'd all kind of just wither on about what we liked and what we what we liked to see. Uh, so it was, it was, I wouldn't say it was, always productive but it was always good and it gave us a sense of camaraderie as well that we would you know have a you know carry on to the stage and it was not just us it was you know we had harry oaks would come in occasionally and on a friday and there'd be you know it was about times when he was working on hammer films and early stuff he'd done with your dad and so you know it was also just a way of transferring information and, and having effectively uh, a little bit of an education from people that you would never have expected to have worked with it was, it was quite yeah. fun as I say, it was fun emerging out of the work we were doing. It wasn't forced in any way. It was just us hanging out. Yeah, I'm sure that added to the sort of creative melting pot feeling. It must have. It must have been like an additive element to to working there. You know, it wasn't because you you do your work and then you go off and have ideas and create stuff because you wanted to, not because you had to. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, your dad really liked the idea of. Have people being friends, he liked, you know, what what happened in 20, 20th century, 21st century, century 21, got it right, third time, got it right, was that there was, we, we all were imbued with the fact that that was a, you know, a, a fun place to work and it was like the British school of uh, special effects and, and, you know, it was the only place that you really go there and get an education and there was something about what was happening as well, which if it had gone on longer, I'm sure it had been similar, but it was, you know, your dad often said, you know, we've got some great friendships going on here, and it's to do with the work, but not totally to do with the work. You know, we, the friends that I made there, I'm still friends with today, you know. The easiest way to get in touch with us here at the podcast is to email us. You must know the address by now, because so many of you have been using it over the last year, like these lovely Potsterums. Jamie, I think that's enough of us. I think we really need to hear from the people that this podcast is really all about. Oh, yes. Our listeners. Absolutely, the Potsterons. Uh, yes, now they have been emailing, of course, to uh, podcast.jerryanderson.co.uk. Uh, for example, this one from Alex Brogan. Now, this is a strange one, Jamie. It's an audio file, which we love. And Alex said, uh, Hi, this clip may work best with some clangers background music added. Kind regards, Alex. Would you like to hear something a little odd? Oh, um, do I have a choice? No, here it is. <laughs> okay. This is the voice of the Mr. Ons. We know you can hear us, Earthman. Our retaliation will be slow, but nonetheless effective. 
It will mean the ultimate destruction of life on Earth. It'll be useless for you to resist. For we have discovered the secret of reversing matter, as you have just witnessed. Of course, one of you will be under our control. You will be instrumental in avenging the Mysterons. Our first act of retaliation will be to assassinate your world president. Yeah. What, what about that? What so, an interesting uh, <laughs> approach to that now, introduction. Now I, think, I think what he's done there is that he's taken the uh, the Mistrons introduction to Captain Scarlet and the Mistrons, but done it in the style of the voiceover for, for the Clangers. <laughs> a match made in heaven, one might Absolutely. say. Absolutely. Interestingly enough, I see on the, the file name here is Audio Recording 28, which sort of implies that you had 27 goes first. Oh. Did, did you, Alex? Is that right? Before you felt you, you got the, uh, the pièce de résistance? Yeah, Alex, uh, but please send us the bloopers. Yes, that was very good. Thanks, Alex. Also, uh, Emma Nichols got in touch to say, Hi, Jamie and Richard. I'm excited because my niece, who is only one year old, has started to watch the original Thunderbirds. To hear from my sister, well, that just brings back memories to when I was only three years old and uh, watching Thunderbirds reruns like Terror in New York City, just to name one of them. I'm a proud Thunderbirds fan right now from Emma Nichols. Very good to hear. Also, we've got uh, this from Ian Plowman, who says, Hi, Chris and Jamie. <coughs> oh, that's, that's, is that the most awkward opening to an email we've ever had, I think? He Gosh. goes on, I've recently acquired the complete Terrorhawks on DVD. Hooray! The episode on the, uh, on the discs seem to be listed in production order. Now, I believe they were broadcast in a different order, so what's the best way to view them? He says, by the way, I'm really enjoying them, and I only recently rediscovered them through the Big Finish audios. Oh. Thanks in advance, Ian Plowman. Uh, yes, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to get involved because obviously that's not to me. Because, so, uh, I mean, I'm surprised you've yeah. read it out, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, Ian and Chris... Mm-hmm. And not Richard. Chris yeah. will be best place to answer this, but but really, as long as you watch Expect the Unexpected Parts 1 and 2 first, which set up the yeah. series, after that, you know, you can watch them in whatever order until you reach Series 3. Obviously, you want to get uh, two for the price of one first there when its star is born. But uh, otherwise, you know, it wasn't made to be viewed as a serial like that. So, you know, whether you want to do it in broadcast order or production order, I'd say it's up to you, really. Pod 120 saw Voice of the Daleks and Big Finish Supremo spilling the beans on something we had been teasing for months on the podcast, First Action Bureau. So, Nick, could you succinctly and thrillingly say what First Action Bureau is? Not just it's an audio drama, you know, with a full cast for free, but what's what's the story of it? Well, the story is about an organisation that tries to eliminate all deleterious elements in a future quite utopian society. But there are elements that are trying to destroy that and turn back the clock, if you like. And our main character of this agency, First Action Bureau, which uses artificial intelligence to try and predict what uh, people will do to, you know, harm society. Our, Our hero is Nero Jones, and she's the agency's best agent and assassin, really. She does all the nasty stuff. She gets involved in something that seems routine. And then question marks and weird experiences occur. We start to realise that all is not as we or she believe to be true. Does that help? That's great. (laughs) I love that. Okay, so what you're saying is that First Action Bureau is 
a top secret organization. Yes. <laughs> using technology in mm. the future to yes. save mankind. Yes, now there's a familiar theme. It almost feels like a Jerry Anderson show. <laughs> yeah, that's funny that. All of which got Chris Dale thinking. Coming soon from Big Fish Productions. Ah, oh, good morning. I believe you've been expecting me. Uh, no. Oh. He works alone. Only because nobody hires me. In danger. And in shadow. Uh, no, they didn't want me either, actually. He is Steve Solomon, Special Agent. I would very much like to destroy him. Very much, indeed. And he works for... Second Action D Department. It's far too exciting for me. It's the series for exotic locations. We've got a situation brewing on the Isle of Wight, Solomon. And international intrigue. What can you tell me about the late Professor Caterpillar? Oh, my darling, you're dealing with dark forces you won't be able to control. Then I should probably pack my other sweater. Steve Solomon, thank goodness you have come. When the situation spells danger. Yeah, boss, one bag of chips, no salt or vinegar, that'll be 179, please. When the stakes are impossible. Oh, I'm afraid I actually only have £1.40. And everyone else is busy with other things. Ah, you have thwarted my plans again! Well, slow and steady wins the race, Dr. Pumpernickel. There's only one person to call. I knew it would be you in the end, Solomon. I pride myself on being entirely predictable. He lives for excitement. He lives on the edge. Someone's need one of our calls. You know how you really draw the listeners interest in a trailer like this? You include someone making a cryptic comment in order to make the series seem all epic and mysterious. Like something is coming. Oh yes, that's a good one. Because then you can build it through the whole season. And have it go more or less nowhere in the two-part finale. Yes, yes, that's right. He's got it. Yes, that's it. And he goes into space. Whoosh, or travels through time. Dr. Watson, I presume? Or something like that. Why not? Hold on tight, everybody. Because here we go. Unexpected item in bagging area. Oh, bother. And maybe there's a, a robot monkey in it. How much do you remember about who you were before? Da-da-da-da-da. Pew, pew. I can't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. You don't eat breakfast. Then no wonder I'm feeling peckish. Pod 124 was full of spooky goings-on, seeing as it was Halloween and everything. Even Fab Facts got in on the act. Is there something ghostly we can rename Fab Facts? I really should have thought uh, this through. Yeah, we should, really, shouldn't we? Sp sp spook spooky Facts? No, spook no, facts. I got ghost facts. It doesn't really work, does Fab it? Phantoms. Uh, Fab... Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, okay. go on. Anyway, Come this on. is Fab Facts, where I flick through a book <laughs> of Fab Facts. Yep. Richard shouts, Fang. Fang Facts? Okay. How about that? Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. We get our teeth into yeah. a, a Fang Fact from yes. the world of Jerry Anderson. Yes. Uh, yeah, so Richard's going to shout, Fang, this week. Right. right. You, Richard, go on, do it. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll pick a, a fact based on that. So here we are. Fang! 
<laughs> nice. Gosh, this is really Thanks. great. And interestingly, we have a spectrum fact. Oh, that right. Spectre? Spe- is that... Spectrum. Mm, is okay, that go on. good? Yeah, we'll give you that one. Spectral? Yeah, anyway. Yes. No, that's good. Richard, you're like this because we're going to start off with a connected series, sort of. All right. Do tell me, what is your favourite Doctor Who story? Oh, Mordred Undead. The Web Peter Planet, Davidson. of course. What? Yes, uh, I knew uh, it would be the Web Planet. Funny uh, that. Yeah, that's what I said. That yes. relates Sorry. directly to what oh, we're trying to do. I see. Talk about in this fang fact. Meanwhile, over on their Facebook group, the Podsterons were concerning themselves with T-shirts and countries of origin. Over on our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podsterons, Tom Hodden came up with a wonderful idea whereby people post their Jerry Anderson-themed Halloween cosplay outfits. Ooh. So if you want to see what fun our lovely podsterons get up to on the 31st of October, pop on over to the group, answer a few questions and we'll let you in and you can join in the fun. For example, lots of people this week I've noticed have been sharing their new t-shirts that they've bought from the Jerry Anderson store. Josh Long, for example, posted his uh, lovely uh, Captain Scarlet t-shirt saying, channeling my inner Scarlet. What's your favourite Captain Scarlet episode, he asked. Dave Monday posted a picture of him wearing his new Stingray t-shirt and said, this arrived just in time to wear for my wisdom tooth removal. Anything could happen in the next half hour, he said. Well, hope that went well, Dave. Matty Keskivari said that he just watched uh, another Thunderbird episode with his dad. Again, uh, hashtag fab parenting. And I wonder if Edge of Impact is the only instance when my home country gets a mention of some kind in any Anderson show. His home country being Finland. Ooh. Ah, it may well be. Niche niche. Yeah, could well be. Now, on a similar theme, Yuhan posted, OK, to sort of answer Chris's question in a previous podcast about any Jerry Anderson stories being set in Ireland, though not a main setting, I'm quite sure that Scott had to set up a tracking station at a barn on the West Irish coast in Operation Crash Dive. Ah. Uh, during the first Fireflash rescue operation. The farmer was nice enough to send Scott home with milk and eggs. <laughs> In pod 127, we talked great big collaborations. That brings us to the end of this week's... Derek, Derek Fact! Ah, oh, lovely Derek Meddings. I mean, such a big name in the Jerry Anderson story. Huge. There are many people. I mean, obviously, Jerry himself was, was central to the success of the Jerry Anderson legacy series. Mm. But... There are many, many people without whom it just wouldn't have been the same and perhaps, perhaps not as successful. I don't know. Is that okay to say that? I think that's fine. People like Derek Meddings. People like your Mary Turners and your Christine Glanvilles and obviously all the voice artists, the Shane Rimmers and the Denise Briars and the David Grahams. And then later, some of the stars that, uh, you know, came along for his live action series and uh, the likes of Barry Gray. Jerry Anderson isn't just Jerry Anderson, is it? And perhaps that's the wonderful thing. It is. It's a team effort, a family piece, and a, a great big collaboration. Yes, exactly. Now, talking of great big collaborations, where would we be without our wonderful Podster I wonder where you were going with that, but uh, no, you're right. A lot of our content and a lot of feedback and stuff comes from them. If you are one of those who would like to say something, email us, podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk, like maybe some of these people did. Exactly. Mark Perkins, for example, where well, he's got in touch to say, Hi there, Jamie Halloweenderson and Richard soon-to-be craggy-faced. Oh, <laughs> nice. 
obviously written a, a week or so ago, just after Halloween. He says, I just thought I'd drop you a line after listening to the interview with Leo Eaton. He says, I always love the behind-the-scenes details, particularly when it comes to the supermarination era. And uh, while I was listening to Leo, I realised how watching the shows has recently changed for me. Until I got drawn into the worlds of the podcast and the lovely podstroms I've made great friends with, the credits at the end of each show meant very little to me. I knew of Derek Meddings and Shane Rimmer, but that was about it. Now, after more than two years of you both casting pods on a weekly basis, I recognise more and more of the names on the end titles and know much more about them. It's as though all these people who played a massive part in developing the, developing the worlds of Jerry Anderson are now part of my world, as I enjoy the shows once again on my ever-growing collection of DVDs and Blu-rays. Thanks for all the fab fun, Mark Perkins. Well, Cheers, Mark. I mean, isn't that a lovely thought? And what a wonderful thing that you can now watch the credits at the end of those programmes and go, oh, yes, I know about him. Oh, I know about her. Oh, she did that thing and he did this and that. Mm. And you can even go back and listen to them on uh, previous interviews that we've had here on the podcast. I think that's lovely. Bringing those names and their work to life, I yeah. think. Um, yeah. Which is quite a nice job to do, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's a lovely thing to do. And finally, in December, we welcomed Dr. Matthew Sweet to the podcast who gave us some thoughtful insights into the nature of genius. I don't know. My question to him, if he was here now, would be, well, what do you really want, Jerry? I, I know all these things that you object to, and I know that you have this kind of, this other other dream about, I suppose, about being, I don't know, about being Kubrick, but doing a series, being some kind of like the Kubrick of television or or being somebody else. I don't quite know what his real aim was, but I know I know the things that he felt burdened by, and I know what he wanted to escape, and I know what his dissatisfactions were. And I think somehow those dissatisfactions were the things that that drove him. I mean, it's an immense career. It goes, it's 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 much longer than most people's career in such things. And it, it, it stays at such a high level for such a long time. But I think in a way like uh Maybe like a lot of, of successful men in the 1960s breaking through from a relatively humble background, you know, not from a establishment family who's uh, who's well connected and uh, who everybody where everybody's been to university. I think there was a sort of uh, he was a kind of angry young man, perhaps somebody of that that generation, and there was a sort of unfocused um, quality about that anger because i mean i remember what i mean it's always fascinated me about his the shifting relationship he had with puppetry which i'm sure is very well trodden territory for everybody who's really engaged with his work and it's almost in a way the subject of it you know the subject of thunderbirds is how do we stop these people how do we stop this being a puppet show you know how do we how do we escape from puppetry and forget puppetry and enter some other kind of realm. And for the most part, that's an illusion that that works with Thunderbirds because it looks so much better than most live action series uh, of the period. Mm. You know, it's 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 in terms of, of um, uh, the design and everything, it's better than Star Trek, isn't it? I hope that's not uh, that hasn't opened up a up a battlefield. We're not going to pick at it. You'll de but, definitely but, upset some people there, but let's gloss over it. <laughs> but I almost came to think of, in a way, the relationship between your father and the puppets was had a little of dead of night about it. 
I remember saying to him the last time I ever spoke to him, which was at Pinewood for a, a Radio 4 programme we did with him. And I think the question was, Jerry, do you have any regrets? And it wasn't, we weren't recording, so I'm afraid we, we couldn't. Uh, it was sort of one of those moments where you're just sort of waiting to, to start. And he said, yes, those <laughs> puppets. And I was really, I was really, <laughs> I was quite taken aback by his by his use of that word. Well, puppets, And also yeah. that, the extent of that dissatisfaction. And I thought, gosh, if I was telling the story of, of the life of Jerry Anderson, it might be like the relationship between Maxwell and Hugo in Dead of Night, where the puppets have a horrible kind of life and, and the, you know, the puppet master has no real independent existence of them. So his story... And this is, I think, one of the, again, I think this is really common in people, perhaps people of that generation, this raging dissatisfaction with the thing that people love them for. And I've observed that in many people over the years. I think it was, it's, it was particularly prevalent in that generation. And I'm thinking of people who really embraced television in the 60s and came from other backgrounds and towards the end of their lives got this idea into the head, their head that they wasted their time. Jonathan Miller was like this about television. You know, at the end of his life, he was saying, oh, I should have been a doctor. And um, Clive James also thought that he'd somehow squandered the best of himself um, on television. And I think also of, of Christopher Lee and his toxic relationship with, uh, with Dracula and his deep ambivalence towards horror and this feeling that that he what there were some things that he was sort of above in some way that he was a bit too good for some of this stuff and you know that perhaps that that's true but i think it seems so much more important to be to me to be at peace with the idea that loads of people really like you for something that you've done and so 2020 drew to a close and good riddance to it, some may say, but still, I hope we manage to find some light in the darkness. All these podcasts are there for you to look back on as well, so tell me, which was your favourite? Well, what a year. What, what yeah, we've, a year. We finally got Brian Cox. I know. Yes, we've been talking about that for ages, almost as long as we've been talking about Ross Kemp. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah. Chris Barry. Wendy Craig. Wendy yeah. Craig. What's happened right. to them, eh? Well, yeah, there's still time. There's always this year, isn't there? That's my New Year's resolution, perhaps. Yeah, is to get on with some interviews. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> All right. I look forward to those. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, Richard, thank you for coming to get that lovely review. It's nice to look back because you do forget all the things we've done or all the yes. people we've chatted to and all the bits and pieces that have happened on the on the podcast. Yes. Favourite standout for me, your cockerel singing along to Stingray. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah really, really good. Um, that's great. Yeah, so that cockerel is still in fine voice. So yes, that's good, to good. Glad to hear it. Uh, now, if you are thinking, well, how can they possibly top that with this year's interviewees? Yeah. Well, uh, you'll have to wait and see. I can't answer that question currently. We've got ah, a few in the can uh, undergoing editing, but I don't want to um, yet confirm what okay. who is next. But you can rest assured that next week in Pod One Three Five, there will be a brand new interviewee. Right, in another exciting change to the format. <laughs> yes, exactly. Great. Yeah, yeah, we're stuck with it now, so... Yeah, fair enough. <sighs> now, people have been emailing us, and I thought I'd read some of them out. What? 
What yes. bizarre change in the format is this? <laughs> ah, this is Dean who says, Chaps, I needed a big distraction this weekend to take my mind elsewhere, so I thought I'd tackle the periodic table that you mentioned in a previous podcast. Mm. Do you remember this? Mm. Uh, he says, It turns out it was quite a big job and not quite as easy as you might think, but here's what I did. So this was an idea to uh, assemble a periodic table using uh, Jerry Anderson Productions in, in the place of the elements. Uh, he says, I started off simply arranging characters, vehicles and other references into a periodic shaped table using appropriate initials. But it somehow just didn't look like a periodic table anymore. It turns out, at least for someone that studied chemistry to A-level, that the pattern of the initials also forms part of the look and feel of a periodic table. So... I started with the real element initials, and this started to look a lot better, though I discovered that you could get away with changing a few initials here and there if something wouldn't quite fit, as long as you used a similar shape and pattern. That worked for the initials, but then I discovered to achieve the look and feel that the description of each element really needed to be mostly a single word, because it really looked odd with most being two words, and they still didn't feel scientific enough written as is. So, where possible, I would add the original uh, suffix for that element, for example, double eum or een or on and adapt it to make it feel like this might actually be an element in the most <laughs> cases at least it worked but i'm not sure about dixpanarium <laughs> anyway he says in the end i also decided to get a bit more creative and created some elements that didn't match their initials to reflect the real table like fe equaling iron and ag silver and so on so i might use the atomic number to choose the cell or something a bit more subtle see if you can figure them all out he says and he sent us a picture and he says in the end i think i got something from almost every anderson series and the podcast in there i hope you like it it's yours to do with as you will and you can have the original fully editable photoshop file if you want to tweak it Anyway, he says, regardless, it and the Anderson universe has brought me a little bit of joy uh, into an otherwise sad weekend for me. And that's uh, with uh, love and cheers from Dean. Mm. So thank you for all that hard work, Dean. Yes, and I'm thanks, glad Dean. it gave you something to do. Have you seen it, Jamie? It, it is fantastic. quite something. I was it particularly really taken is. with Supercarium. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? So actually then, with your permission, Dean, what I might do is just uh, copy that, save it, and uh, pop it up on our Facebook group so uh, everyone can see it there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podstrums. That's a very long email, but worth getting through. Uh, here's one here as well. Uh, this is from Lewis, who says, Hi, gents. I hope you're all well and safe during these times. I have a merchy merch idea. I apologise it's late, but I'm a bit behind on the podcast, so I'm trying to catch up. I've seen several other companies and such do a collectible magazine, each one with a model or such, and thought there should be an Anderson version. Each month, there is a little model of a vehicle from the Anderverse, like the Thunderbird, Stingray, or an Eagle, and it comes with a small magazine giving some info about each one, or a collection of models that you can just buy i think it'd be really good fun and a great collector's item as it appeals to not just hardcore fans but old fans that are yet to discover the podcast mm. are there such people <laughs> anyway. i'm sure there are many thousands of them uh yes yeah, so a part work that is isn't yeah. it basically yes like uh, eagle moss do hero collector with their doctor who models yeah. um it's certainly yeah. something that's been discussed internally it's okay. something which i, I guess would primarily fall to somebody like Eagle Moss. Yes. And if they don't want to do it, then they may they may have commercial reasons why. But it's certainly sure. something that's on our radar. But that's Great. all I can say for now. Very good to hear. Yeah. So do keep those emails coming. Uh, podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk and I'll read out some more next time. That sounds like a great idea. Thanks. In the meantime, Chris Dale has finished 
his review bombing. Yes, he looks very pleased with himself. Mm, yes, he's done that little sort of clap thing, you know. Yeah. Where, mm. I mean, if you're hosting a podcast, I would check your reviews if I were you. Yeah, because Chris has been on there. And, yeah. uh, turns out he's not a fan of many podcasts. No, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Anyway, look, we know that he brings joy and cheer to many with his marvellous randomizer. so shall we just let him do that? Yeah, it's what he's good at, after all. Oh, go on then. Over to you, Chris. No, there's nothing more I can do. I think we've had it for this year, Laika. No, we haven't had it. How do you operate this thing? What, the time machine? I'm not sure. Never mind. Captain Thrice said we weren't to touch it. Don't you understand? Captain isn't with us anymore. Great. As if 2020 hadn't brought us enough <gasps> tragedies, we had to go and lose that captain too. Still, good job you've activated the time machine, Micah. We can start all over again. A beautiful sunrise! Oh, I have a really good feeling about this year, Marina. I think 2020 is going to be good for every... Hold on. We're back in pod 82. All of this has happened before. Oh my goodness, I jinxed everything. Uh, sorry, everyone. But there must be some way I can put things right. Maybe I can get the randomizer to select something other than that show. Um, uh, take this. Oh, that should do it. You know, Laika, we were snatched from the jaws of 2020, thanks to you. And Isambard, if we hadn't fixed the time machine... Ah, yes, old Izzy and his time machine, yes. Uh, how come you thought to take us back in time, but I didn't? And surely as the star of the randomizer, I meant to come up with the solutions to all the problems. I can only say that my biological clock is different. There's still a lot I don't know about you Florence. Right, pass me the printout, Laika. Let's see if we manage to change things. Ah, excellent. So free will isn't an illusion after all. The pattern can be changed. Well, it's diamonds aren't forever, which means we're off... To Lavender Castle. Lavender Castle. A place of legend, fabled right across the universe. This is our quest. To find it. So, our first randomizer of 2021 brings us, oddly enough, back to Lavender Castle. I feel all this is, um, this has been planned somehow by by someone. I seem to remember seeing that the name Diamonds Aren't Forever come up on, on something recently. I, I have no idea what that was. You know, obviously huge gaps in my memory now, but, um, oh, I'm sure it's nothing important. Anyway, we will press on with Lavender Castle, which to date has has not really disappointed me on the randomizer so far even though i've never seen well most of the show before here comes another episode that's completely new to me which is always a nice thrill to get on the randomizer unless it's uh you know him oh short fred lead oh cool oh straight away we're into good stuff here i like short fred lead 
When I press this wee button, the molecules here will be rearranged to form a glass replica of this silver ornament, like so. <laughs> oh my god. Right. Nice one, Izzy. Yeah, right. Well. Hey, this gives me an idea. I'm gonna build another time machine. I will never get over that. Oh, I see. Short Fred Uh oh. Oh, you can't possibly. Yeah, I will never get over the fact that Ismail, you know, built a time machine one episode, throw it in the back, never use it again. It's like, um, like there he was building some sort of matter replication device. It's like with um, Star Trek Voyager, they would build a, a huge revolutionary way of getting home. That, for the planet I-Star. That would absolutely work, and it failed one time, they just threw it in the back and forgot about it. The I-Star diamond, it's extremely beautiful. And extremely dangerous. I also just waffled over a very nice bit of animation from Sproggle. Um, Unleash it with devil. What's that thing you do where you stick your thumb on your nose and wiggle your fingers at someone when they've, when they've done something wrong, you want to score a point over them? That's what he did to Izzy. Oh. Here we go, landing on this... Oh, a very nice ice planet we're on here. Again, lovely integration of, of relatively early CGI with um, a CGI planet and also... Your ray gun! Yes. Well, now the stop-motion characters and also the model of um, Short Fred Led's little boat there. I think he went that way! Oh, no. That's what, five seconds he's been set foot on this planet and Sproggle has already... Oh. oh, oh Found Short Fred Lead. Well, well, well. I didn't expect to see you here, lad. Slip down the icy patch. Careful the icy patch! Sproggle's here, can't thrice be... Ended up in the cave. Sproggle! Sproggle! Where are you? Well, answer him then. Now we really have to ask ourselves how many of us are actually attached, really attached to Sproggle. Let him go. Oh. And I've got the Ice Star Diamond. I guess that's why you were here. Now let him go. Oh. You heard what that came. More nice stop motion here on these characters. <laughs> oh no. It's frozen into me holster. Roger can't get his gun out. Now you're all gonna help me. If you don't find the diamond in 30 minutes, I'll cut his bubble off. Oh, oh no. no! Oh. Not my bubble! I was in time with Sproggle there. Ah, and I'll cut that off too! Oh. 29 minutes! Is there any part of me you won't cut off? Oh no, having said that the CGI was quite good, this fully CGI like her. Oh, look! That. That doesn't work. You know, it would work if it actually looked anything like the character, but it really doesn't. Oh, it was only a piece of ice. So we're now looking for this diamond on the ice planet. Otherwise, Sproggle is going to lose all sorts of important bits and pieces. Two minutes. Oh, hurry along then. It's also one of the disadvantages of the episodes of this show being so short. We can't actually uh, search for very long. <gasps> Ooh. That looks a bit funky-delic. Time's up, Sproggle, me lad. <laughs> Will it hurt? Oh, only if I get my fingers in the way. 
Oh. <laughs> I think she's found it. I think I might actually prefer Shortbread Lair to Doctor Aegon, based on my limited experience of the show. Because not only is he is he a really cool looking villain, but he's also utterly stupid. And that really appeals to me for some reason. Also, the pirate thing. Anyway, we found the diamond, whatever it was we were here to find. Your paradox to a cinder in a blink of an eye. Oh, it sounds very powerful. <gasps> I wonder if this will be resolved with that thing that Roger was trying to do earlier. That diamond is dangerous. Dangerous? Don't bother me. Diamond's mine. Oh, Roger's gone off on his own. He's making a copy of the diamond. You me thrice. Because, yeah, in between knocking up the odd time machine, he can also replicate the most valuable substance in the universe. You'd be touching my diamond, would you? Oh, oh no! Wouldn't he dream of it? No one comes between me and the oyster diamond. Now you're all my prisoners. Again. You're gonna take me back to my ship. And then I'm gonna sell you to Dr. Aegon. Again. This time he'll have to pay my price. And so Roger has now swapped the diamond that Rod that Isambard made for the real thing. But Sproggle? What are they? Oi! You're taking me the wrong way, my ship's over there! Aw. <laughs> oh. You ever heard of Captain Bly? Ah, yeah. A very famous pirate. I'm gonna give you the same chance he had. I'm gonna cut you loose and cast you adrift. Oh, they're towing f short Fred Lance little. That's it. Rogers cut the rope that had it tied to the, uh, the paradox. He's loose, are you? You'll have to wait better than that. Oh, and because he's Australian. It's called a boomerang. There's a boomerang, right? Okay, I was gonna say. That I'd well, I'm going to unleash its power and turn you all to ash! <laughs> Don't worry, Rog. He can't do anything. I swapped the diamonds. You swapped them? Of course. Why? Well, when he interrupted you... Oh, you don't mean... Oh, you swapped them back again, you dozy wallaby. Ah, <laughs> truth. What have I done? Oh, no. They say it only takes five seconds to be ready. Oh, that's it. Short Fred Led, he's... Come to me, Sproggle. Oh. Or... I'm so sorry, Izzy. Ray! Oh, everyone's saying goodbye to each other. This is very sad. Say your prayers, everyone. Oh, no. What the... Oh, that's it, though. The diamond that Short Fred Led has got is melting in his hand. Listen, friends. You can't leave me adrift like this. i got no water. Yeah, you have. Well, not for much longer. Well... Only a little drop anyway. Oh, we're saved. But how did he get the ice replica? That's what I want to know. Oh Why are you crying, Sproggle? Squeak-a-lot hasn't had a line this week yet. Sorry. Sproggle changed the diamonds around. You see... Oh, that's some lovely animation again on Sproggle there. His lip quivering. Life, Sproggle. Have you got the real diamond then? Uh, yes! Uh, Sproggle's got the real diamond! Yay! Sproggle did something right for once. If it catches the sun's rays, it'll set fire to the paradox. Or you might swallow it or something. Oh, well. This thing is very dangerous. <laughs> 
So you're just going to throw it out into space. Nice oh. diamond. Whoa. Did he know it was going to explode? Yeah, I like the smell burning. <laughs> oh no. Get the fire brigade. Mommy. Oh no, Fred's boat went up in flames with him inside it. Oh well, that was oh that was a story and script by Jerry Anderson, no less. Diamonds aren't forever. Um, that was a perfectly little, a decent little eight minutes or so. Um, again, I, th I think maybe we could do with maybe just five minutes longer on some of these episodes, just to just to give the story room to breathe a little. That was a lovely little ice planet set that we just could have maybe seen more of if it just felt slightly too rushed. This one, so um, another good episode, but. Um yeah, maybe 10 minutes is, isn't is quite long enough for some of these stories. Oh well, another lovely Lavender Castle. Oh, Lavender Castle. Yes. And I well, see. Yeah. Yes, it's nice to start with something new, isn't it? Now, yes, it's true, yeah. Uh, or some, well, I say something new, I mean something that's not run the mill for fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. nothing on the randomizer is new, new. It's all... Anyway, yeah. uh, and thank you there to Simpsons Slips 24 who provided the initial idea for the introduction to this week's randomizer. Yes. Uh, which, Big Lavender Castle fan, we know that. Yes, exactly. Well, that's that's why we've got a Lavender Castle time machine-related intro there. Great. So thank you for that. Chris, I think, did some little little bits of uh, editing on there. But uh, ah. yes, r r a small round of applause there for Simpsons 24 for that contribution. Thank you. Yeah, very nice. And Chris will be along next week with, I guess, another randomizer. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, if we're going to stick with the same tired old format, then... yeah. Let's really go for it. Yeah. Okay, fine. Done. I look forward right. to another randomizer like the previous 134 or whatever it is <laughs> yeah, next exactly. week. Now, Mike in Lincoln has been in touch. This is the final email from this podcast saying, Hi, Jamie and Richard. I hope you're both well. This is a little different to my last message a few weeks ago, but I just wanted to pass on my gratitude to you both and Chris for the podcast in general. He says, Recently, I was hit with a nasty strain of COVID and for two and a half weeks, I really struggled with a full spread of nasty symptoms. During this period, I found solace and comfort by listening to the podcast as well as watching some of my Anderson DVDs. I struggled with insomnia and during this period, I found that listening to the podcast really helped me relax and kept my brain from wandering when I was really struggling at the height of my illness. So all I can say is thank you for taking your time each week to produce this podcast for myself and like-minded individuals and for prolonging the magic of the Andiverse into the 21st century. Kind regards, Mike from Lincoln. Ah. Well, it's our pleasure, Mike. Cheers, And I'm Mike. glad we helped over what was obviously a very difficult time for you. And I know a lot of people have had a difficult time. And as I've said a few times over the last few weeks, the podcast is here just for you. And you. Oh, and you. Yes, not not just Mike. I mean, everyone. <laughs> you, you, plural. Though. Yeah. Yeah, one yeah. of the failings of the English language there, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit, yes. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> we're yes. not here for an English lesson. No, that's true. We're here to round up this week's celebration of all things Anderson. Yep. So please do get in touch with us with your thoughts, ideas, questions, queries, complaints and mm. uh, cake recipes to oh, yeah. podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk. Make sure you've reviewed us. We yes. obviously need to now counter all of Chris's review bombing. That's right. That's a job in itself, isn't oh, it? Thanks, Chris. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll be back for pod 135, oh. which incidentally is my favourite three-figure number. Oh, I wonder if it'll be your favourite podcast. <laughs> Who knows? Let's try and make it so. Yes. Oh, there's another Star Trek reference there. Anyway, mm. that's us done. Thank you, Richard James. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Chris Dale. 
And uh, we'll see you next week. See you then. Goodbye. Stage one complete. Let's go. Go on then. What? I thought you had a really clever plan for the outro, uh, the I post credits you, thing this week. I thought you had the plan. Well, no, you wrote, wrote to well, me and said that you had a no, fantastic. No, no, no. Hang on, I'm just going to call up the message now. It says, "Hi, Richard. Just wondering if you could come up with something witty for the." Oh, yeah. I'm. I read. I misread that. I thought you said that you had come up with something witty. Right. I mean, yeah. I could come up with something for next week. Yeah, okay. I mean, that does leave us in a bit of a sticky situation for this week, doesn't it? Um, yeah. What should we do? Just pretend it never happened? Yeah. Okay. No, right. Nobody will notice. No. Okay. See you next week then. Bye. Yeah, bye. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production.